What's up, everybody? Steven Milhausen here, formerly of Sporting News, and now just part of the zone. Yes. A lot of shaking and baking as we begin 2021. And I have signed a new contract. Not with Sporting News, but with DAZN News. And a lot of awesome things are going to be coming up the pipe here in 2021. I literally signed the contract moments ago and sent it off on its merry way. And I'm excited. I'm geeked. I have a home. For 2021, so that is, you know, unlike the tragic things that happened in 2020, 2021 is kicking off with a roaring bang, and with that all out of the way, um, just kind of want to give a little status update with everybody, I know I promised a few weeks back we're going to keep pumping stuff out, but it didn't feel right the last week of the year with everything that tragically happened to, you know, to Brody Lee. And start just pumping out content. I didn't feel that was the right way to do it. I thought the better way would be, let's take a siesta. Let's let everything simmer down a bit. And then we can get rocking and rolling. And we're going to get rocking and rolling now. And podcasts will be coming out a couple times a week. We're going to have some MMA. We're going to have some boxing. We're going to have some wrestling. And... I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I think a great way to start today and start 2021 is the fact that after I'm done rambling, <laughs> there's going to be a podcast with my chat a couple of weeks back with Ring of Honor star Mike Bennett. And a very fascinating interview as we talked about goldfish, um, coffee. We eventually get to some wrestling. But no, a very Mike gave me about 35 minutes, and it was a fantastic interview. We did talk about all those things. Like I just said, yes, we talked about goldfish. We talked about coffee. I think we even sprinkled in a little McDonald's. His release from WWE. When the last time he was really happy in pro wrestling before he returned to ROH? And a lot more. Because the interview was done. And thank you to Ring of Honor for setting up the interview. It was part of... Mike was doing a media tour for Final Battle. Ring of Honor reached out, and I had never talked to Mike. And so I definitely want to – I was deciding whether to air it or not, and I'm like, you know what, let's do it. Because I think it's a very, very fascinating chat. It's a chat I want you guys to definitely hear. But 2020 was screwed up, guys. Let's just – let's not lie. Let's be honest. 2021 was just severely fucked up. Let's just be honest. It sucked. I lost my job. I got rehired three months later, but, you know, the circumstances were different. And, you know, but 2020, you know, I felt like a little bit of an uptick a little bit. And I feel like 2021's already all off to a great start. I want to be covering some different stuff, not just MMA and boxing and wrestling. I just found out about this today, so I'm pretty excited about that. That'll be starting this weekend. And you will see it this weekend. So I'm, I'm pretty geeked and jazzed up about that exciting news. Um, but I can't complain. 2021, 2020, I talked to a lot of amazing people that I had never talked to. And it's always like my bucket list thing. I want to talk to people I had never talked to. I had never talked to Kenny Omega. Never. I had never talked to Chris Jericho. I got to talk to the Young Bucks twice and I had already talked to them in the past. That was great. 
I got to talk to the biggest, the second biggest star in WWE, in Drew McIntyre, the best female wrestler in the year, in Bailey. I got to talk to the Miz. That was pretty. It was a better interview than I was even anticipating. You know, and I got to talk to Drew McIntyre. I already said Drew McIntyre. I got to talk to Mike Bennett, which I. It, this is a very fascinating interview. I talked to different various UFC guys. I loved talking to guys like Jeff Neal. Guys on the rise. Yeah, he lost, but you know, as a guy I feel like is on the rise, he's got a great story. Talked to the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Stipe Miocic. Talked to a lot, a lot, Israel Adesanya, the reigning, defending UFC middleweight champion. I'm honored to do this job. This job is great. 2021 is going to be kick-ass. It's going to be taking names and a whole other lot of stuff in between. It's going to be a lot of MMA, a lot of boxing, a lot of pro wrestling. I'm going to be dabbling in some other stuff. and Hopefully that just keeps on, that keeps parlaying into other stuff. Because I think the venture I was just asked to embark on too is, I think, quite fascinating. And I'm looking forward to that. But we will still have podcasts with all them. We will still do, I want to start doing more reviews. I'm waiting to hear back from Daryl Rivera because I would, like, I would love for Daryl to be back. I want Daryl to rejoin me on this great journey in 2021. I love doing Raw recaps and Wednesday Night War recaps and answering questions from the fans. I think that that's always great to do. So I definitely want to do that with you guys as well. But the best way to listen to this podcast is via iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. And it's simple, guys. This isn't hard. You guys can do it. You guys are great. You rate, review, download, subscribe. That's all I got to do. Give me a five-star rating. Or I will text Rob Van Dam, and he will give you the five-star frog splash. Do that. Rate. Tell me how you feel. Give me a review. Give me a solid review. If I suck, please tell me I suck. Say, Steve Mulhausen, you suck. I won't be overly thrilled with you, but I always appreciate the honesty. But it's simple, guys. Rate, review, download, subscribe, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or on Amazon Music. All your favorite podcasting platforms. It's there. It's quite simple. I hope you guys do it because it really does mean a lot to me. Enough of me babbling. Right now, here is my interview with former WWE star and current Ring of Honor star, Mike Bennett. What a time it is for pro wrestling and can't wait for 2020 to be done and over with and ring of honor returns for their first pay-per-view since the global pandemic has started in a guy in one of the key matches coming up this friday night live on pay-per-view hour one of the pay-per-view airs for free at 8 p.m eastern the regular pay-per-view starts at 9 p.m eastern you can find it on traditional pay-per-view cable or satellite fight tv and honor club he's reteaming with his best friend matt taven against the righteous, the righteous, Vincent and Bateman, the one and only Mike Bennett. And Mike, thank you for the time. And we were talking before we came on, and me and you already didn't vibe very well, Mike. You're at Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm waiting for my uh, incredibly bad-for-me drinks right now that has a ton of sugar. But, you know, I, I, I know Dunkin' Donuts is – I'm from New England, Dunkin' Donuts, but – Maria wanted a drink. She likes Starbucks, and my hands are tied. What can I say? 
Now, I've, I just had my six-year wedding anniversary on Sunday. And the one thing I do know, and you, you, me and you are on the same page regarding this, a happy wife is a happy life. Uh, to me, that's the only way. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no other way. When, when my wife is happy... I am happy. That's just she, you know. Literally the other night, she asked me, "Can you give me a foot rub?" And I said yes because it'll make you happy, and in turn, that will make me happy. Now, does she give you a foot massage, Mike? I hope Maria does. So I'll tell you what she does. She will stand on my back, and I pop like six hundred thousand times because my back is like at the point where it's the back of an 80-year-old man. So she will pop my back, which is the best thing someone can do for me at this point in my life. Man. Now, how many bumps do you, based off that, how many bumps do you think you've taken in your career? Oh, jeez, man. Uh, way too many. Uh, if I, you know, I don't even I don't even keep track of it at this point. I'm so, I'm so far past that. Hold on, I told you I have an order coming. You do. Thank you. Thank you. Mike Bennett getting coffee, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ta-da! See, I'm all done now. Now, what kind so, of... Co- I've probably taken... Uh, yeah, in the thousands. It's at this point. It has to be. You know, I've talked to plenty of wrestlers, whether it's in ROH, MLW, WWE, Impact, AEW, and I always hear the proverbial, the bump card. Is the bump card... Is the bump card true, or to you, is that a myth? Yeah, no, the bump card is is one thousand percent true. I think I think you have a limit, and when your bump card is completely punched, I think uh, you know I think you do start to feel it after a while. Every now and then, as you start to wrestle, as you've been wrestling for a long time, every I wouldn't say you feel it after the bump in the ring, like directly after, but definitely after the adrenaline wears down and you're sitting either in the car driving to the next town or you're sitting in your hotel room. You go, oh yeah! I just punched another uh, another hole on that pump on that bump card. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. Now, my wife over my wife overheard me, and she wrote it on a piece of paper for me in a sharpie. She wants to know what kind of coffee you and Maria are getting from Starbucks. <laughs> uh, okay, so two. I get a frappuccino. It's the Ooh. cookie crumble frappuccino. Oh, those are good. It those is- are good. It's, it's delicious. And then my wife gets the, the peppermint mocha frappuccino. Uh, and then because my daughter thinks she's uh, 20 years old, she's only two. But every time we go, she goes, Daddy, I get a coffee too. So what we do is we get, uh, we get her milk in a Starbucks cup, and then we just have them put uh, whipped cream on top. So, so that's the, the third drink that I ordered, milk with whipped cream on top. See, we do that. My oldest is four. And we do that, and we'll do the chocolate milk with the whipped cream, and he thinks it's, like, the coolest. He calls it his iced coffee, and he's got no idea it's chocolate milk. Yeah, no, Freddie thinks this is coffee, too, so it's uh, <laughs> it's the best way to go. I'm like, you're not, at two years old, there's no way you're getting any caffeine. You're already wired as it is. Because, see, we're those parents, and I don't know how you guys are, but I know we go to, we get the iced coffees, we get the hot coffees. He loves the donuts. We give him one once in a while. Is your son the same way, or it's like he hit, is he ready? Is he ready for the donut stage yet? Okay, so so my son is too young. My son is ten months, but my daughter is two. Okay, and she loves donuts. She, uh, she, oh, she will 
Yeah, like I, I was telling you earlier, we're staying with my parents right now. So every morning, my dad will wake up and offer to go get my daughter a donut, and I have to like, I have to put the kibosh on it every now and then because I'm like, she cannot be having these glazed donuts every single morning. We tell my son the same thing, and I'm like, dude, you cannot do this. I have an 18 month old, and then see, like, it's gonna come around when when he gets to about the 14, 15 month stage. That's when he's going to start looking at your daughter and he's going to be like, he's going to be pointing and he's going to want some. Just just a fatherly tip for you when they when he gets now, that at age. If it was up to my daughter, she would eat, uh, she'd eat goldfish and, and donuts for every meal of the, of the day. So I have to, I got to watch her. Because I'll eat goldfish and donuts for every meal of the day too. So Maria's got to step in at some point. <laughs> it's something about goldfish where it's so addicting. Even though like, I'm about to be 40, and I'm still in love with goldfish. And my son will be like, hey, can I have goldfish? I'm like, well, crap. I'm like, if we're gonna, you're going to eat some, I'm going to take a handful right. for me. Goldfish, so the, the the worst snack is goldfish. But I have to tell you, the, uh, this just happened the other night, and I got yelled at by my wife because I got Freddie a Happy Meal. And I told her, I was like, if the, if the, the fries fall into the box – those are dads. So that's just that's the rule. I don't make the rule up. I just follow the rule. So the entire thing of fries fell into the bag, into the uh, into the Happy Meal box, and I went, "Those are mine now. Those are mine." And uh, I got yelled at because I ate all her fries. But she doesn't really like the fries, so it doesn't matter. See, my wife's the same way. She, I'm like, she'll like, I'll get the meals and a lot of these meals out here because I'm based in Chicago and a lot of the meals come with like large fries and she's like why am I always getting a large fry I'm like well because you always want the meal and all these meals come with large fries I'm like she's like well don't they have onion rings and I'm like only White Castle has, only White Castle around here has onion rings oh yeah no I, yeah we, we live in Illinois too and I know it's always everything's everything's super sized or large out mm-hmm. there so and I'm always like hey, hey. I tell Maria, I was like, I don't write the rules, I just follow them. So if the fries end up at the bottom of the bag, there's nothing I can do about it. Exactly, and get into the let's get into wrestling a little bit here. And you know, 2020 has been a challenging year for everybody, me, you, and everybody else. How would you view 2020 for Mike Bennett? You know, it's um, for for me, it's been a uh, a learning experience as I go. It's it's been tough and my heart absolutely breaks for everyone that has lost a job or has lost a loved one because of this virus or is, you know, in a, in a, in a line at a food bank for the first time, which is, is, you know, just so disheartening to see, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm the type of person that, that believes that there's a silver lining in everything negative or anything bad. And I think that I, I truly believe there's a silver lining and I don't, I don't know what it is, and I know we'll probably start to see glimpses of it, whether it's the advancement of modern medicine with how quickly we came up with this vaccine or whatnot, or just the appreciation of people. And that's what I think it's probably going to be. I think we're going to appreciate human-to-human contact, like actually talking to people and hugging people and being around people. And I think we, we started to lose that. I think this virus has kind of been like, hey, that's an important part of our lives and we shouldn't let this technology and social media replace the fact that having a good old conversation with someone is probably better than tweeting them back and forth. Um, but that's kind of how I, I viewed it. I've, I'm always just trying to see the silver lining. Yes, there's been 
ups and downs and peaks and valleys. Losing my job sucked. Not working sucked. All this stuff sucked. But at the, at the end of the day, I've been fortunate and I feel like I've been lucky and blessed that I've been able to lose my job and then go back to another job. And like, so I don't, I don't try to put myself in the position of some people who have truly been affected by this, who have lost loved ones or are still looking for a job or are going hungry. So, um, like I said, I'm trying to see the silver lining and I, I, that's always been my attitude towards difficult times. You know, I look at 2020 and, you know, and especially for you, you know, then you alluded to part of it there is the fact that, you know, like you said, you did lose your job, but then you ended up coming back home and to ring of honor. And do you feel like 2020 has been more, give you it more or less as a full, as going full circle for yourself? Yeah, I, I think 2020 was kind of like my, I don't know. I mean, it, it was definitely a wake up call. It was definitely a push in the right direction. Uh, and I think 2020 kind of gave me the, uh, the, not closure, but because I had my release numerous times at WWE and they weren't going to give it to me. And 2020 came around and was like, Hey, we're going to give you your release. And you know what? I don't know if this had happened and they, 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 they probably never would have released. They probably would have just kept collecting talent and hoarding talent like they've been doing. So like, I'm looking at it as, as, as a good thing because from the minute I got back to ring of honor, since my return, the matches I've had since like, I'm genuinely happy at work. I'm genuinely in a good place and I feel fortunate. I put out a video the other day on Twitter where I was talking about just how truly blessed and privileged I feel to be able to go and feel safe, be put in the ring of honor bubble, know that this company's protecting us and paying us and giving us a, a place to work. And I get to go to work and do what I love with my best friends in the whole world. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not taking that for granted. And I think 2020 gave gave me that kick in the ass to be like, no, this is what you want. You've always wanted this. You were just always a little hesitant. You, know, you said something there that, I, that really caught my attention, and I wrote it down about, you know, bef- you know, coming back to Ring of Honor and being happy and being happy to go to work. And before returning to Ring of Honor, when was the last time you would have been happy going to work? Um, probably in. Uh, probably an impact whenever, whenever, when we, we did a, a segment in impact where there was a wedding segment with Allie and Braxton and Maria, that was probably the last time I actually enjoyed working. Uh, believe it or not. And that's probably the last, that was probably like almost four years ago where I was genuinely happy, enjoying myself. I loved my time over at impact. So I had a good time going there, but the last three years at WWE, I, I just wasn't happy. And it's, it's just, it is what it is. And like, it's not a knock on WWE. They have a culture there. That's how they run their business. It's like some people work jobs that they hate all the time. And it's just, yeah. they come to, to, to an agreement that I'm just not happy here. And some people are, and some people not are not. And I just happen to those people. This place that's for me to do what? I don't like how it functions. It doesn't meet my values. And, and You know, you, you know, you were talking about like, you know, you would ask for your release and they wouldn't give it to you. And how frustrating was that for you? Cause you're unhappy. You don't want to be there. And I know people, you know, I know people there too. And you know, it's always how it, the way it used to be run was, well, you know, if 
you're not Vince wasn't you tell Vince you're not happy there he's gonna let you go so in turn how frustrating was that for you because you're unhappy but you're you're being told no so when does that come to the point where you're like man I don't I'm just not gonna come to work did you did it ever come to that point for you no it honestly didn't because I'm not I'm not that type of person uh but it was it was very uh, it was mind boggling to me because I was like I don't understand you like I I had been told straight up by people in the office and this and that and they said Vince just doesn't see anything in you and I said okay that's fine that's fair that's in his company but if yeah. he doesn't see anything in me and he doesn't think he can make money off of me then why am I still here and why won't he let me go it just never it never logically made sense to me like. If you think someone's a talent and you think they're going to make you money and they want to go, you go, I don't want you going anywhere else because I don't want you to make money because I want to make money off you. But Vince had straight up told people he didn't see anything in me. So if that's the case, I was like, then what are you keeping me for? Vengeance and or spite or like it just it never logically made sense to me. And so to me, I had asked for my release a couple times privately and I was told no. The third time I said, I don't care anymore. I'll still show up to work, but make it abundantly clear. I don't want to be here anymore. And because I'm the power of social media, I'm going to use it. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I, I made it public on, on, on Twitter and that's, it is what it is. But like, I, I never, I, I never, they sat me at home after that, which is fine, but I was never, I was never not to show up. I always showed up and did my job. And then after sitting me at home for like four or five months, then they, they brought me back or down to NXT and I still showed up and did that. And at that point, I think I had just kind of accepted it. I was like, all right, if they're going to, you know, if they're going to have sour grapes and if it's just going to be vengeful and spiteful, I'll just come and make the most of it for the next five years and, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But in my head, I was never like, I'm not going to show up because my parents didn't raise me that way. I, I just, it's not, it's not in my blood. I don't know how to, like, I just couldn't do that. Um, so I would always show up, but yeah, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't a happy place for me to be. So they sent you home for the tweet. So they, I remember the tweet. So they sent you home for the tweet. Yeah. So I tweeted that out and, um, they, they basically just ignored me. Honestly, they, uh, they basically didn't say anything to me. Uh, finally, after like a week, I got a call from talent relations telling me that the boss was pissed at me. And I was like, okay, like at least now I get, I have someone talking to me because they wouldn't talk to me. And I had reached out, I reached out to them probably three or four times where I sent them messages and I was like, hey, can I have a meeting with Vince? Can we sit down? I even offered to fly myself to Stanford so I could have a meeting face to face so we could either give me my release or work on something in the company. And finally, after like four texts, talent relations finally got back to me and just real simple said, Vince doesn't want to meet with you. And that was it. And I was like, all right, that's childish. Like, I, I don't know. what else. How else can you put it? Yeah. But he didn't want to meet with me. So they just... They didn't reach out to me. They didn't talk to me. They just they just sat me at home. And then finally, I got a I got Triple H. He called me and said, "We want you to come down to NXT." So I did it. I did what I was told. But yeah, they basically just they cut off communication with me. I was still under contact uh, under contract, but they wouldn't return my calls or texts, and they weren't <laughs> reaching out. Yeah, it was done real professional and real you know real adult like. I hope you were getting paid at least. Getting paid, I, but I was just—I was sitting at home doing nothing. I was like, "This is this seems like 
I'm a guy who literally wants you to let me go so you don't have to pay me. And their solution was, no, we'll just sit you at home and pay you. Like, it didn't, it, none of it made sense. And it still doesn't make sense. It just, it's just honestly what it is, is it's a power-hungry old man who doesn't want to be wrong and doesn't want to be, you know, uh, showed up or anything like that. So he's he's very vengeful and very spiteful. You know, how... How was the how was the experience like in NXT? Because I've talked to guys that have girls that have been there, and they've most of them have thoroughly enjoyed the experience. I loved it. I had the time of my life down there. I I was teaming up with Tony Nese, who I think is phenomenal. Um, I was doing house shows, and like the people running the house shows were like Steve Carino and Terry Taylor, who I've known forever. So they they gave me so much leeway. Um, a lot of the guys were so nice and respectful. Like, it just, it was a good time. It, it felt like the wrestling that I loved. Unfortunately, it was only, like, four or five matches, and I, it never got to, like, get any legs to it. But for the for the short time I was there, I had a blast. You know, I remember when you guys got released, and I remember in, you know, all the, in the tweets from Maria, and then, you know, a lot of fans were mad at, like, everyone, all these people were getting released while the companies making recording record revenue and when you look and you sit back on all that and look at what happened were you glad that they just you finally were just let go yeah you just had a thought you know you just had your second child you know a couple months before you got released but was it like a sigh of relief to be like finally i am out of here yeah i mean definitely for me it was um i mean there was always that thought in the back of it was scary at the time they released me because the pandemic had just kind of started and no one really knew what was going on. Uh, no one really knew what the industry was going to look like. Everyone's like, is there going to be fans? How's it going to be run? All these other companies that you hope to go to weren't running. And it just was a very, uh, it was a very confusing, scary time. So to be released then was, was scary. But in the grand scheme of things, I was, I was happy because I was like, yeah, I don't want to be there anymore. And like I was kind of alluding to earlier, the, the virus and 2020 as a whole was kind of like the catalyst and the kick in the ass to be like, no, this is good for you. I was more bad for my wife because my wife didn't want to get released. She was happy where she was. She wanted to stay. She was still on maternity leave. Um, and I just, I thought it was a really shady way they did business to be like, hey, we know you're an entire family. We're going to release the entire family when they didn't have to. Not only did they not have to release either of us, they damn sure didn't have to release the both of us. I mean, I know I get why they released me. I wanted to go. I asked for it publicly. It was their last way of, like, sticking the knife in my back to be like, we got one over on you. I'm okay with that. But to do it to my wife, who gave them almost six years before in the first run, and then three years in the second run, so nine years, almost ten years of service to that company, and for them to just be like, see you later, here's a kick in the ass when you just had your second baby – and that, that to me, it's just, I don't know. I truly believe that in times like this, these companies that have put people in front of profit, like Ring of Honor, who haven't fired a single person, have kept paying people, have kept paying people that are, are, are on per-appearance contracts, like, we're going to look back at this time and we're going to say, yeah, there's a ton of companies that made that made a ton of profit, but let's look at the companies that took care of their employees first. And that's like, ever since I got back at ring of honor, they have been taking care of us, making sure we're safe, putting the employees in front of everything else. 
and I don't know, and maybe it's because I'm a softie now because I'm a dad, but <laughs> that just that just goes a long way in my book. You take care of my family, you take care of my friends, man. Like you're you're okay in my book, and that's what Ring of Honor has been doing. You know, I know since I become a dad, I become a ma- I think it's the whole I become a softie too. So I think it's one of those things, Mike, to where kids just make you soft for one reason or another. You look at them and you're like, I can't sit here and really be too mad at a whole lot here. So I, I kind of I you just can't. I mean, I, I I have pink toenails right now because I let my daughter paint them. It's it, it is it just that's what you do as a dad. <laughs> you are right, one hundred percent. And you know, you could have went anywhere after your release you know i know you guys had the 90 day outs and you got you had to wait 90 days but you know you have you could have went back to impact you could have seen how aew was going you could have jumped right back in the ring of honor but you kind of you did some stuff you know you wrestled nick all this and i remember watching the match and it was a totally different mike bennett than what we had saw in wwe was it the match with nick all this that really reinstalled your confidence 100 percent um and I've said this before, and I'll I want to say it as many freaking times as I can because in an industry that's so jaded and so negative, to have something someone like Nick Aldis do what he did for my career is something I'll never forget. And what I mean by that is he reached out to me uh, and he said, "I want to do the ten pounds of gold with you," and instantly I went, "Oh, I, I like I love that. I love what you guys have done. I'm totally in." And the second thing he said to me was, I want this to be about you because I, I know the, the position that you're in and I know what happens when certain people get a perception of you and how hard it is to try to regain your career back. He's like, because I've been there. So what I'm trying to do is showcase you so people remember who you are and that you can change that perception of what people think you are. And like... I don't know, considering we're in a pandemic, again, maybe because I'm a giant softie right now, but, you know, me and Nick were friends, we weren't best friends, so for someone to do that, who I was just a friends or acquaintances with, it just, I don't know, like, that's, that's, that's good people, that's, and I, I can't thank him enough, and, like, I'm so incredibly humbled that someone would do that for me, but that build, that match, everything leading up to it, it just, it made me love pro wrestling again. What do you think your perception was going into that match? Uh, honestly, I think it was it was just kind of like a, a nobody at WWE. I think it was the guy who was embarrassed by his wife and, you know, it was, was, was playing second fiddle to his wife because you'd be surprised the amount of people that, since I've been released, have reached out to me and they're like, ever since you're released, I went back and... I didn't even know you did all this stuff in New Japan or Ring of Honor or Impact. So there's a lot of people that didn't even have a clue what my career was, which was like 16 years of a career before I even got to WWE. So I think there was this perception that, you know, I was just kind of like this low-level WWE guy who was embarrassed by his wife on TV, won the 24-7 title, and that was about it because I felt for me – I was having, like, some really good kick-ass matches over on 205, but nobody was seeing them. Yeah. And all, the only thing people remember was the stuff – excuse me, this coffee's making me burp. Uh, the, the only thing people remember is the stuff that they saw on Raw or SmackDown, which was me just being embarrassed. 
Now, what led to you ultimately deciding Ring of Honor was the place for you to go back to? You know, because you had Impact, you had MLW, you had AEW. What led to you wanting to go back to Ring of Honor? You know what? It, there was never any doubt in my mind. Like every every time I had asked for my release in the past, my my mindset was, I want to get out of here so I can go back to Ring of Honor. I want to get out of this company because I know where I want to be. I wanted to be back at Ring of Honor for the longest time. And so, like, like I had said earlier, I had asked for my release privately twice. And both those times, in my head, I'm going, give me my release. I want to go back and team with my best friend. Just give me my release. I'm not happy here. Let me go work for a company where I can be happy. Please, 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 please. Never happen. But uh, it, it just, it was never, there was never any question. Like, they... I, uh, Matt Taven's my best friend. I was in constant contact with him and we'd always joke around like, how's this reunion going to go? What are we going to do? <laughs> um, you know, guys like, uh, uh, like Joe Coff, we stayed in contact and he would, he reached out to me every time we, my wife had, had our daughter and then had our son. He reached out to me and checked in on us. He congratulated me when I signed with WWE. So we always stayed in touch and like, People there that I love, like the Briscoes and Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle, like those are my friends. And it was just, it, there was never any question. It was like either go wrestle or go and wrestle with your best friends in a place that really feels like home and a family. I was like, that that's where I want to be. So there was really never any doubt in my mind. Now, was it a per appearance type of deal or is it a, is it a full-time contract? So right now it's just per appearance, but like I've said, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, like they're gonna have to drag me out, and they know it. And it's just it's per appearance until we figure out what the hell this pandemic's gonna do. And then I, honestly, like if I'm if I'm not there for the next hundred years, I'd be very surprised. I left once. I'm not leaving again. You know, you talked about teaming, reteaming with Matt, and I watched the episode. You guys got back together and. Just, you know, that relationship you guys have. And how proud are you of him? Because, you know, you look at when you were gone, he became the world champion. He won the world title at Madison Square Garden. Not many people can say, hey, I won a world title at Madison Square Garden. That's far and few in between in this day of age. So how much has he grown in your eyes since you since you had last spent in the company? Oh, it's it's enormous. I mean, the... the the, the performer, the wrestler, the everything that he is now is like night and day compared to when I left. But that's just a testament to how good he is and how much work he puts in. And we were actually texting back and forth. And I was saying to him, I was like, dude, I, I can't wait to team again because we're two entirely different wrestlers. Like we just wrestle differently. We're older. We're we're more mature. We we have better um, we have better ideas. We're we're just we're we're better and we're different wrestlers. And I can't wait to see what happens when we put our minds together. But you know, like you said, him winning that the title at Madison Square Garden. There's very few people in this industry that you get just as excited for their success as your own. And every time Matt has done something, it, like especially winning the title at Madison Square Garden, like I was, I was giddy. I was like a proud father. Like if my own kids did something, I was like, that's amazing. I'm so happy because I remember when people said that he didn't belong in Ring of Honor. He didn't belong in New Japan. He didn't belong in the kingdom. He didn't belong here. He didn't belong there. And to see him grow and to see him become like this bonafide like staple in professional wrestling, it's just, I mean, 
he's in he's in the history books now in Ring of Honor, whether you like it or not. And that just is a testament to to how how much time and effort he's put in. And it just like I, I genuinely feel like a proud dad. You know, you watch what's going on right now in pro wrestling. You know, and I think to me right now, I think wrestling it's in such a weird spot because you got the pandemic going on. And then you have companies being together. Like, you know, we haven't seen the ROH and New Japan partnership just because of the pandemic. But we've seen now Impact and AEW. And do you feel like we should see more partnerships in pro wrestling between organizations? Because, at least to me, I feel like that would help the sport in general. Oh, I think it would be great. And, I mean, honestly, I don't don't know why we don't do it more. I understand, like... Every company has their own booking strategy. Every company has their own stars. But I honestly, when it comes down to it, it's putting the best product on for the fans. And when you put the best product on for the fans, that means people are going to pay to see the product. And that means you're going to make more money. Your company's going to be more profitable. The boys and the girls are going to be happier. It's just, and to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. And like the Ring of Honor, the New Japan partnership has worked out phenomenal. And, like, it's a perfect example. And I think I wish more companies would do it. I, I understand why they don't. I, I truly do. But sometimes I wish they would just kind of put aside any problems and just say, we're going to put on the best show together for the fans, which is essentially what Ring of Honor and New Japan did. Yeah. Who is your dream? I and mean, two more questions, Mike. And thank you so much for the time today. It's greatly sure. appreciated. And. When you now you, the buckets the buckets wide open for you and you can really face a lot of different people now. Who are your couple of the guys you, guys you want to get in the ring with during this run in Ring of Honor? Uh oh man, there's just there there's so many. Like I know this sounds cliche and I don't want it to be cliche, but I'm 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 dying to get in there with everybody. I feel like I've been on the bench for so long that when. It's like asking like someone like a, a, a backup quarterback, oh, what teams do you want to go against yeah. when you haven't played all year? And you're like, I just want to get in the game, and I just want to play. And then once I'm in the game, then let things happen from there. But, like, I mean, right off the top of my head, I want to wrestle Okada just because I think he's the best in the world, and I want to wrestle the best in the world. So as far as, like, everyone collectively, Okada has been at the top of my list for a long time. I'd love to have a match with him. But genuinely, like, in, in Ring of Honor, there's so many guys there. Like, I want to get back in the ring with Lethal. I want to get back in the ring with the Briscoes. I want to wrestle wrestle Gresham. I want to wrestle Flip. There's so much talent there right now that I just, like, you could probably take, I want I want to get back in the ring with EC3. I want to get in the ring with him at Ring of Honor. Like, I think that would be fun. Um, it, there's just so many guys there that I'm just, I can see having so much fun with that, it's hard for me to just pinpoint one specific person. It's it's everybody. I want to wrestle as much as and as long as I possibly can. And we'll end with this. Why should fans watch Ring of Honor Final Battle on Friday night? It's because it's the best wrestling in the world right now. And I I can genuinely say that coming from someone who has been to WWE been at Ring of Honor, been at Impact, been at New Japan, has been on the indies for the last 15 years. I can tell you the best product on television right now is Ring of Honor. If you watch the stuff they've done with the Pure Tournament, if you watch the stuff that Vinny and Taven have been doing, if you watch the stuff that EC3 and Jay Briscoe have been doing, 
Uh, if you watch what Brody King has been doing, or Roosh, or Dragon Lee, or Flip, or Gresham, like if you watch anything, we're consistently putting on the best wrestling. If you want to go and you want to see puppets, or you want to see uh, uh, whatever, if you want to see dancing showgirls, go watch WWE. That's fine. That's fun. That that's that fits for some people. If you want to see pure, like honest sport professional wrestling mixed with like stories you gotta watch you gotta watch ring of honor it's the only game in town right now that is putting on pure wrestling as a sport with storylines mixed in he returns the final battle this coming friday night with his best friend matt haven against vincent and bateman the righteous final battle friday night live and only on pay-per-view the first hour of the show is free ladies and gentlemen free f-r-e-e and then at 9 p.m eastern on pay-per-view satellite and cable providers honor club and can be streamed on fight tv as well mike we've never chatted before this has been fantastic we went from coffee to donuts to gold to, to goldfish and into some professional wrestling so this has definitely been a pleasure the best of luck tomorrow night mike is i'm definitely gonna be watching the best of luck and hopefully we can do this again in the future to dude uh i always say this at the end of interviews because i truly believe i mean it i'm always humbled when people give a crap what i have to say and want to talk to me so truly from from the bottom of my heart thank you like i appreciate that people want to keep me relevant and keep my name out there and uh it just means a lot to me so thank you no thank you you were on my bucket list when roh reached out so it's, this has definitely been a pleasure and honor for me and have a good rest of the day mike and i can't wait to watch on friday night Thanks, dude. I'm going to go drink this coffee and eat some goldfish. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll talk soon. Later, bud. Take All right. care. Bye-bye. Thank you to ROH star Mike Bennett and Ring of Honor. And I, and I have to say this, and I should have said this at the beginning of the podcast. Ring of Honor is doing – the way they're handling COVID-19 is just fantastic. And I want to give the company a ton of credit because they've really been – if you really look about it in terms of pro wrestling – They've been the unsung heroes in terms of with all the great testing they have done. And no, this isn't a knock on WWE or AEW, but Ring of Honor has really done a great job. And but, no, but Mike Bennett was fantastic. And, you know, you look at just like you can hear with Mike the sense of relief. And what that you cannot be happier for guys like that. You, you can't be. I You feel it in him like. Like, he wasn't going to let all the drama going on. He wasn't going to let it, let it eat him alive. He was going to do his job. And then when the time was up, then he was going to leave. I remember it was something John Moxley said to me in February. He called his eight years in WWE. It was like I said, he was like, he was living a suspended jail sentence. And that just always rung with me when I, when I keep thinking about it. And that interview with John Moxley is in the archives. And the more I was hearing Mike Bennett talk, it was the more I was thinking about that. And I was like, whoa. I can feel what he's saying. And talent should never have to feel that way. And that's just quite unfortunate. But Mike's in a better place. Maria is with him in Ring of Honor. She appeared at Final Battle, so you got the team back together. You got Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Maria. And that's it's always good to have the people you love the most 
by your side. And I think that's Mike's in a very good place right now. But I thank Mike Bennett for the time. Thank you to Ring of Honor for helping coordinate the interview. And don't forget, you can find the Walkway to Fight Club. It's very simple, guys. Find the Walkway to Fight Club on iTunes. Find the Walkway to Fight Club. It's simple. iTunes, not Stitcher. (laughs) iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. I'm trying to remember. I'm drawing a blank. Amazon Music and all your favorite podcasting platforms. It's simple, and my phone is going off while I am doing this, and I greatly apologize for that. But don't forget, download the Walkway to Fight Club, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all your favorite podcasting platforms, Amazon Music. I thought that, that, that's kind of badass. I thought that was pretty cool. But we will have a podcast later on in the week with Max Holloway. And Calvin Cater is a headline, the big UFC show coming up next weekend on ABC. The UFC debuting on ABC. And I think that's a pretty big deal. And we'll talk to those guys about that and a whole lot more. Don't forget, download, rate, review, subscribe, The Walkway to Fight Club on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. This is Stephen Mielhausen. I'll talk to you guys later.